all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? <laughs> I didn't get a laugh out of you last week. I had no, to do something. But, but and it was a really somber episode, too. So we could have used the laugh at the beginning. Yes, we could have. Because there was deliver. certainly none at the end. No, right, exactly. It wasn't disco demolition night. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, this is All Bad Things. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. Oh, wait. And this is All Bad Things. I know I <laughs> messed that up. <laughs> anyway. It's okay. <laughs> you know who we are. Uh, um, follow us on all the social meds, Insta, Twitter, or Insta, Twitter, <laughs> and Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Also, you can email us at All Bad Things Pod at Gmail. Um, I promise I will respond to people on Twitter in two days and <laughs> nine hours. <laughs> By the time this comes out. Yes, you got yourself banned from Twitter. Suspended. Oh, yes. Tem- yeah. So, yes. Suspended. I'm going to see if I can get banned from Twitter now. Like, I'm kind of <laughs> curious. Like, like, am I going to get kicked off? Do you want to explain why? Uh, I Donald Trump had tweeted out something. Part of the reason I really got into Twitter was to make fun of Donald Trump. I mm. mean, to be honest. And, okay. I mean, it's not every day that you can use the power of technology to tell a president to go fuck himself. I, I literally know? told him to yeah. fuck himself, yeah. So, and I... I Based on the comments, I was not the only one. No, of course not. But uh, if they banned everyone who told Donald Trump to go fuck himself, like half the population would be banned. Like basically, I'm at. uh, This is a long way of saying I'm really at the point where when I don't even read his tweets anymore, and I don't (laughs) read the comments because I know what they're going to be. Like it's. But anyway, he tweeted out something about. He said something like, "If I did this, like, wouldn't that be great?" And along those lines. So my tweet was, are you going to commit suicide? Because that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) And so somebody reported you. Probably. That has to have been what happened. I mean, he has 50 million followers. So, yeah, people saw that tweet. And so you got um, suspended for what was the... An exact week. No, for what was the um, the charge? It had to do with the suicide comment is what it had to do with. You bullied the president. How dare you? <laughs> well, again, you you bullied the ultimate bully. <laughs> you can't uh, you can't write sarcasm. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I'm I'm really not hoping that the president of the United States shoots himself in the head. Like, no, we're hoping he gets put in jail. Yes, yeah. that's what I am hoping yeah. for. <laughs> um, we don't need another O.J. Simpson like circus. <clears throat> but that's if he chose his way out, that'd probably be it. It's good TV. <laughs> Wait, O.J. O. Simpson? No, no, no. If Donald Trump chose to commit suicide, I'm he like, would that's, shoot himself. I'm like, that's no. I'm just oh, like, just that's, it would be. I it's gotcha. great TV. And I gotcha. that's, that's what he's concerned with. But he wouldn't be able to brag about it. He would. So, but other people legacies. But anyway, like, you're right. Anyway, that ends anyway. our politics corner. Yes. <laughs> or Twitter explaining why he explaining why got, explaining uh, my suspension from yes. Twitter. So. Um, we got, uh, a nice comment, I think it was today, but anyway, we're recording this ahead of time, obviously, um, on Instagram from, a, a Canadian resident or citizen, 
in residence, um, who first of all explained that Deadminton, the um, nickname Deadminton, mm-hmm. comes from the fact that Edmonton has the highest murder rate in Canada. Yes, they say yeah. that. Um, One a week. They said that on the. Um, uh, oh, Mark Twitchell from last podcast on the left. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then this person also asked for our copy of the the script oh, for the okay. episode. So that's really nice. Right, nice. Yeah. I'm glad it's going we, to a Canadian ha- citizen. We have some available. Yes. Yes, we do. Feel free to request. Um, and, oh, we're going to get to go see the dollop again. Yes, that's we are. awesome. That's They're coming fun. back to Durham, which is really cool. So that'll be great. Um, and, oh, we officially um, harass Emily if she doesn't live tweet. That's like, true, yeah. The we, episode we get, comes we get out. concerned. I was actually literally concerned about her. Turns out she just has a life. Yeah. You know? Who knew? <laughs> and was busy doing other things other than live tweeting. So, sorry, Emily. We just care about you. Um, but, yeah, last week's episode was pretty heavy. It was a bit of a downer. Yeah, very much well, so. all of these are a of bit course, of a downer. Of course. Of course. Of course. But yeah. this was all kids and a couple adults last week, so it was... And... Not little kids, what? teenage kids. Right. Early, but still kids. And and like we said, because, like, there was no negligence, there it was just a random accident. I mean, by no negligence, I mean, like, somebody wasn't... Legally, there was negligence. Uh, yes, that's, which, that's which true. Which we established. Yes. But, you know, it was a, a thing that anyone could yeah, do. Yeah, it, it was literally As opposed an, to, like, Rana Plaza, where people were just deliberately putting other people's lives at risk. Mm-hmm. Like, making the choice of money over human life. That's happened many times, and that was not present last week. Yeah. That's happened quite a few times in history. Uh, oh, it's like the primary cause that's of how, death I was going to say, that's, that's how plenty of people have died. Yeah. Yeah, they say it's um, car- or, uh, car- cancer or cardiovascular events or whatever, but no, it's people being greedy. Anyway, I am drinking, where's D9 Brewery? Cornelius, North Carolina. That's oh. outside of Charlotte, I think. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I think so. I don't think D9 I've Brewing. I've heard of them before. I think I've had some of their stuff. I'm having their coconut pecan stout. It's it is pretty good. It's good. It's very sweet, but it's good. Um, I'm not going to ask you what you're having. I am having <laughs> Wisconsin's finest Miller Lite. <laughs> I put, did you see? I'm, I'm still waiting for your sponsorship pitch. <laughs> I um, I put a, because yesterday was your birthday. It was. As of this recording. We're recording this on the 17th. So um, did you see the picture I put up of you on uh, our Facebook? I finally did see it today. Yeah. I, I didn't see it yesterday. Okay. Um, and a couple people made comments about the fact that it was you with a bottle of Jenny Cream Jenny Cream with the Scream Ale. Yeah. <laughs> which, for anyone who doesn't know, is Genesee Cream Ale, which mm-hmm. is from the Genesee area. The Genesee River in New <laughs> York. There we go. But like it's Where brewed, is the actual like, a, a, like right outside of Rochester. Okay. I can't remember the name of the town at the moment, but, mm-hmm. but around there somewhere. It's basically Rochester Swill, right? It's uh, it's award winning actually. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Oh, what awards? Uh, like best cream ale of like 2013, something like that. All right. Because that's what my stepdad drinks, and we send them. Like there was something somebody put that on the internet, and we're like, really? Like, <laughs> they were award winning. <laughs> gold medal. All right. Well done. 
All right. So you keep your Genesee <laughs> cremail jokes to yourself, young lady. <laughs> You're not allowed to mock an award winner? Is that you can the not. rule? Okay. That is the rule. All right. Well, today's episode, or topic, rather, um, I think I'm going to forego our usual intro and let the story unfold a bit, because it's an interesting one. Um, So I'm going to tell you what the topic is and then see if you have any clue what it's about. All right? Okay. This is the story of Soyuz 11. I have no idea what this is. Can you, from the name, can you intuit anything about the topic? Um, did this happen like in Japan or China or something? Okay, because of the name, mm-hmm. you're, you are very close to the correct Korea? country. South Korea? Soyuz. Yavol. I, I got nothing. Russia. USSR. Oh. <laughs> If you had if you had said a word that ended in OV, I would have been like Russia. That's true. <laughs> you could have um, said Fedorov. You could have said all sorts of names. We, we've gone over, we've gone over quite a few names in our podcast history of names that, that end with OV. Oh yes, and we're gonna get to more. Um, so, what do you think then? Soyuz eleven. See, that's the I, that's I don't partless. I don't know. Think Apollo thirteen. Oh. A Russian space disaster? Yes. Okay. Bingo. I guess there had to have been one. This was a big one. Wow. Okay. So, yes, that's our introduction, is just the knowledge that this is a Russian space disaster. Specifically, a Soviet space disaster. I wonder if this was part of the inspiration for the, what was the Sandra Bullock movie? Gravity? Uh, Yes. There will be an interesting... I actually don't put it in here until the end. Okay. But... I'm on to something, aren't I? There's Well, there's an interesting tie-in. Okay. Something that... Anyway, when I mention the last sentence of this research, we will need to come back to that. Okay. All right? Okay. I have your word. <laughs> I'll try my best to remember. All right. So I have three pictures as well. So I'm going to put those to the side. Okay. So... Before we get into the details of this disaster, there's quite a history behind it. We are talking about Soviet Russia, uh, the USSR, during the Cold War. Specifically, this has to do with the space race, Mm -hmm. right? So as we probably know... It always had to do with the space race. (laughs) Well, our moonshot did. Uh mm -hmm. Yep. During that whole era of the Cold War, it yep. was a it was literally a, a prick waving contest. Yes, and we're going to do a very short history of the space race right now. So, as we probably know, the Cold War era included a heated space race between the Soviet Union and the United States. And you're right; it was basically like a, a, a who can do the biggest thing the fastest. Well, I am a straight white male. <laughs> So I was waiting for you to bring that up. <laughs> so that is something I can see clearly. Because as a straight white male, you clearly understand. I understand what a, I understand what a prick waving yeah, yeah, yeah. contest is. Yes, you do. You you guys are the best at it. <laughs> Gotta say. All right. See, I paid white men a compliment. Yes. Straight white men. Straight that, white men a compliment. Yes. That was like almost a woman's version of mansplaining. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it's better when we do it. You didn't see that one coming, did you? 
As I mansplain. Uh, exactly. Okay. So it was an extension of a broader battle of technology, including ballistics and nuclear weaponry, which obviously was the focus of the Cold War. I don't know if you're going to get into it uh-huh. to this, um, but eventually all this technology, everything that's going on during this era leads to the technology that we have to bring you this podcast. That's true. A, a huge amount of um, space and military technology ends up in, as consumer technology. Yeah, ends, ends up being has. the internet. Yeah. It was, it was NASA that originally thought of, what if we had a network of computers? That's what the internet is. Really? I thought it was um, colleges. It was a little bit of... Well, <laughs> kind of simultaneously to be, happening. To be correct, uh-huh. there's no clear credit. I mean, mm-hmm. Al Gore is taking mm-hmm. credit, jokingly, but anyway. That had to do with like legislation or something, right? It did, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. But um, but yeah, there, there started to be this thought pattern, and the internet last was around for a long time before it became what we know it as today. Right. It was it was limited. It was. But it was computers talking to each other. If you watch an 80s movie and people are talking to each other mm-hmm. over a computer. Oh, Jumpin' Jack Flash. Exactly. Yes. That's the internet. In the 1980s, <laughs> uh-huh. that's that the, was internet. the internet. Yeah. That, I love that movie. That's an amazing movie. It is a great movie. Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yes. That's fantastic. I love one of my favorite parts about that movie is that how unconventional Whoopi Goldberg is as a leading lady. Clearly it was a comedy, but it was kind of a rom-com because there was a romantic angle. And I loved that they had this non-traditionally feminine woman, like who was goofy and didn't look stereotypically like, especially from the eighties, like the skinny white blonde stereotype or whatever. But well, she was still I'm saying, able in the, in to carry like a romantic lead role. That's what I'm saying, like in the sense of the movie business at that time, <clears throat> she was considered uh, not as attractive as the. But obviously, plenty of people are attracted to her. Right. Well, and she's because, po- incredibly talented. Yeah. And yeah, it was that was she was hilarious in that movie. That is her second funniest role. Did you like Ghost better? Ghost like her is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it really is. As I mean, a movie it as gets, a whole, it's stupid. You gotta a, say a little bit, like but whatever. Patrick Swayze yeah. and Demi Moore's part in it is kind of. I don't know. I kind of like the movie still. Okay, but anyway, she is hysterical in that movie. Every scene that she's in, mm-hmm. she completely steals it. Mm-hmm. So, cheers well, cheers to you, Whoopi, before you became a crazy person on The View. <laughs> well, here's our, uh, that was our Whoopi Goldberg corner. Yes. <laughs> so. This has been Tea Time with Whoopi, Bo- Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. That's right, we said that once. Yes. Whoopi what? Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. That could right. that could also be mistaken for a Russian name, <laughs> Mookie Bulberg. We're clearly just compensating for how sorry um, morose last week's episode was. Anyway, the space race was kicked off by the United States Declaration in August of 1955. We intended to launch artificial satellites into space, and then a few days later, the USSR was like us too. And who won that version, that part of the space race? That would be the Soviet Union. You are absolutely right. In 1954? Well, so they were announcing all this in August 55, so it was actually 57. I I missed that part. 57. 
<coughs> Sorry, guys. I still have this stupid cold. Um, uh, and what was the name of that satellite? This is like the God, space thing everyone knows, I, I think. Know. Sputnik. That's it, yes. Do you know what Sputnik means in Russian? Hockey player. Mm. I don't know. what. Traveler. Oh, okay. Very fitting. Um, it was the first man-made object, a satellite, to be launched into the Earth's orbit. Now there's like trillions of them, or there's there's tons. Yeah, I mean, now they're we, now they're just there. Yes, that's how TV <laughs> <laughs> comes to a lot of people. Yeah, um, your phone too. Yeah, the U.S. responded by launching Explorer One, which was the first U.S. satellite, the next year in 1958, and that year was when President Dwight D. Eisenhower created the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, NASA. Um, which was a successor to NACA, the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, which I think we talked we about in Apollo 1. Yes, mm-hmm. we did in that yeah. one. Um, the next couple of space advan- advances were also achieved first by the Soviet Union. Um, in 59, they launched Luna 2, which was the first space probe to hit the moon, obviously unmanned. Mm-hmm. Um, and in 1961, they sent the first cosmonaut to orbit the Earth. Yuri Gagarin. 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 Yes. Um, That same year, the U.S. sent the first United States astronaut into space. Do you know who that was? And this is another one that always stumps me. This is like a space Jeopardy I'm pulling on you. It's Alan Shepard. That's what I Yep. So he was the first American in space. For some reason, I always think of Buzz Aldrin, but he was the second man on the moon. Mm Mm-hmm. See, I know that. Yeah, yeah, you do. I just don't know the obvious ones. Alan <laughs> Shepard. Alan Shepard. Then President J- John F. Kennedy made his moonshot declaration, yes, so he saying did. that the United States would put a man on the moon before the decade was out. Um, the next year, 1962, the first American to orbit Earth. He John became, Glenn. Yes. There yes. You go. He was a senator, right? Didn't he become a senator, Senator John Glenn? That sounds right. He might have. I don't know. Yeah, he did, was a politician. He? I guess I don't remember that. Oh, I think so. Maybe I'm making that up. Anyway. I was say not in my state. <laughs> no. Um, and that's also the Apollo missions began. Uh, the mid-60s like, was kind of a quiet time as far as like specific firsts to go on it was just a lot of on the groundwork like and advances being made in aeronautics but not that many splashy missions and of course there was a couple tragedies like the apollo one fire which we did cover plus the whole time they're building up yes everything is yes everything is uh fucking crazy i know it's crazy today, kind of. To I mean, about it imagine, me. imagine. I mean, today the equivalent would be in eight years we're sending somebody to Mars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be the equivalent. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but the thing is, I don't think that would necessarily be out of the realm of people's imaginations today. They'd be like, "Yeah, in eight years we can figure that out." Right, and they were whereas, doing it back. Whereas, whereas, whereas this, this is all brand new. TV was pretty new stuff. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, color TV was almost non-existent, yeah. I think, in 1962. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Although so, some will say it never happened, but whatever. Oh, oh the moon landing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so then, as we all know, the U.S. made good on Kennedy's moonshot, landed Apollo 11 on the moon on July 20th, 1969, your dad's birthday. Yes, it is. 
Where Neil Armstrong... That would have, that would have been his 28th. Oh, okay. Uh, where Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin became the first humans to walk on the surface of the moon. That we know of. Mm-hmm. Um, the Soviets tried to get to the moon, too, but like none of their efforts ended up working out. And by the time... That they were, like, kind of trying to get there. They didn't have the money either. Well, it was more like people lost interest. Like, even the U.S., remember, um, I don't know how accurate it is. I'm imagining at least somewhat. But remember in Apollo 13, they asked the the movie. Mm -hmm. They asked the astronauts, like, what's the big deal about going to the moon anymore? It's already been done, you know? And they were like, but to them, um, it's to them, still, they're like, oh, well, we haven't like, gotten there yet. Two people are gone. Like, what's a yeah. so? <clears throat> um, no, by that time they were the, they would have been the fifth and sixth. There had already been two. Did Apollo twelve also there? Mm-hmm. Okay, yep. I did not know that. Um, That's why people had kind of lost interest. Like, yeah, first time it's still the most highly viewed thing on television oh, history. Know. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It's still up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was literally. Mankind on television history, right? Yes, of course. the second time it's like, wow, we did it again, and then by it's the like, third well, time, okay, it's, it's like the novelty's worn off, yeah. <laughs> um, so since like, it oh, had- they're lost in space, cool, I'll turn in for that. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Um, so since it had kind of already been done, people were getting bored with it, the Soviets decided to focus on creating a space station inside the Earth's orbit. So, um, so we know nowadays that we have the International Space Station, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think we have sort of a general idea of what that is and what that means, but this was the early days of space technology. Um, the idea behind a space station basically is that it's meant to have people on board for an extended period of time versus like a shuttle that's going to go out and come back or a, another spacecraft that's meant to return to and the plus, Earth. And plus you're going to be building and preparing mm-hmm. things the, the whole time you're up there. Eventually, yes. I don't think in the early days that they no. were thinking that, but that's what the International Space Station mm-hmm. has turned into, absolutely. Um, and then the idea was the the space station gets launched, and then people come on and off the space station via other spacecraft. So um, these stations remain in low Earth orbit, which we did discuss, I think, on Columbia, because they were a low Earth orbit shuttle. Yes. So the idea is that, just a quick review, low Earth orbit is an altitude of 2,000 kilometers, which is 1,200 miles or less up from the Earth. So... I mean, there's not not much low about that, frankly. No, um, you're you're way up there. Yeah, twelve hundred miles. You're, you're definitely in outer space. Yeah, you're you're in space. Um, on April nineteenth, nineteen seventy one, the Soviet Union successfully launched Salyut One, the first space station ever. In what, space. Does Salyut mean satellite? That's a good guess. It's another similar word. It means salute. It sounds kind of similar. So it means salute. the exact same. Salute. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was, I was salute, trying. satellite. I mean, you've got... I was, you're in the, I was trying to be smart for a second. I uh, know. It was I cute. Again. <laughs> um, the salute one was sort of cylinder-shaped. It had kind of like a narrower cylinder on one end. I, actually, that, I was just going to yes. say, is that one of the pictures? So you see oh, it has okay. sort of a wider cylinder yeah. at one end, and then it narrows into a smaller cylinder. Two, like, weird wavy wings on the bigger part, and then two smaller straight wings on the lower part. 
or the skinnier part. And then this at the end, the end of the skinny skinnier cylinder, that's the dock. So that's where um, spacecraft could connect to transport. What is that smile for? It's just this thing looks ugly as hell. It it's looks pretty like, it, wonky, it, yeah. <laughs> but, it's not pretty. But of course it would be because this is the first time attempting Literally, to do this. yes. The very first time. Yeah, I don't think we should knock their effort. <laughs> no. It's certainly not like I could have done a better job. They weren't calling me at the time, and they're not calling me now. Aesthetics in space, I feel, That's is true. not a priority. Function over... Actually, aesthetics probably are to a degree. Well, I would think the function would be the most important thing. Sure. But then on the second thing in the guy's mind would be this, this looks cool. That's like on um, Great British Bake Off. They always... <laughs> they always... Um, Criticize people who have bakes that look great but don't taste great. They call it style over substance. That's what Paul Hollywood calls it, and it's a no-no. You don't want style over substance. You want style and substance. <laughs> yes. So, <coughs> anyway, they had substance. <laughs> yes. But no style. Right. Wonky, so, wonky would be the correct term for that. Especially the wavy wings look yeah. a little strange. It looks like something that they would show in the opening credits of Mystery Science Theater. Eight thousand. <laughs> See now you're picking on it a little bit. I gotcha. <laughs> All right, the whole thing. So this whole space station was about twenty meters or sixty six feet long. Okay. So just for because obviously this just is a picture, so it's hard to tell scale. Um. So like I said, there was a single dock at the end. Um, and the, the wider part was like the main component, 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 <laughs> compartment, uh, it was basically like a command center, you know, with work consoles and chairs. Um, and there was one more pressurized compartment, uh, with control and communications equipment and then one smaller unpressurized compartment for like the engine and control equipment. So three, Pressurized compartments, one unpressurized. Um, obviously, the pressurized compartments were the ones where they meant for people to be in. Um, the whole point of Salyut 1 was, first, to test out the whole idea of a space station, how it could run, because this was the first one ever. But, as with many spacecraft and stations that would follow, scientific research and experiments were going to be the part of the missions of the people who actually went to the space station. So... So, so you one was launched unmanned as per the plan, and a few days later, on April twenty second, nineteen seventy one. So, the, remember this launched on the nineteenth. So, like three days later, they sent the first crew up to board the space station. Um, now, as I'm going to be starting to talk about the astronauts, I when I originally wrote this, I wrote astronauts for everything, but that was technically incorrect, so I fixed it. They were cosmonauts. Mm-hmm. Um, astronauts are people from the U.S., Canada, Europe, and Japan. Um, cosmonaut is the correct term for people trained and certified by the Russian Space Agency. So they were cosmonauts. So if you ever hear like a different term, they're the same thing. It's just a different terminology based on who certified them and what country they were representing, I guess. So they were cosmonauts. Uh, so three cosmonauts were launched aboard Soyuz 10. Soyuz means union. That, that kind of makes sense, you know. Um, and they made their way over to the Salyut 1. Now, you may ask, 
rightly so, how did they get to the 10th Soyuz if this was three days after Salyut 1? You know, like, did they run through the first nine in like two days? No. Um, the Soyuz is actually a type of spacecraft, not a mission name. So, like, Apollo was the mission. Oh, I gotcha. The Soyuz yeah. is more like a model gotcha. of spacecraft. So, so that's, what that, that's what that meant. The previous Soyuzes, one through nine, had been a part of other missions over the years. So, anyway. Um, so, unfortunately, on Soyuz 10, the mission turned out to be quite the mess. The programming in the automatic control system wa- went awry, um, as was discovered when Soyuz 10 tried to dock at the space station. Because of the programming error, the Soyuz computer thought the ship's alignment was off when it tried to dock and started firing its jets to compensate, which I imagine was pretty scary for the crew. We're probably like, what the fuck? Like, we're moving. We're not supposed to be. We're supposed to be docking. Um, because of this, the Soyuz 10 could not successfully dock, and so the mission was called off. However, um, while the Soyuz 10 had not achieved, and this is where it gets very suggestive sounding, a so-called hard dock, it had achieved a so-called soft dock. Um, so basically, like, there was part of the probe on the Soyuz had connected with the um, the space station. It's just that they couldn't do the rest of the stuff that they had to do to be able to dock. Um, and but the, but the probe was in there, so it was like, shit, we can't get aboard, but we can't get out either. <laughs> yeah, that's for a, a second. That's a well, tricky situation to be in. Well, so the obvious answer was to jettison the um, that part of that module. So, like, it detached. Like, we'll kind of get into this later. I don't know. I shouldn't go too into it because I don't entirely know what I'm talking about. But basically, the part that docked could get jettisoned from the rest of the, the Soyuz, and then it could return back to Earth. But the problem is, if they left that docking part, the probe, in the space station, it would literally be useless, period. Okay. Like, no other spacecraft could dock there ever, and the first ever space station would just be useless and just be a piece of space junk three days after or four days or whatever after they had launched it. So it would have been a big, giant clusterfuck. But Ground Control figured out a way to make the probe retract. So they were actually able to figure out how to get it out. They were able to s- they save were. it. Yes, and they, they did save the entire space station, basically, that way. Um... Soyuz 10 returned to Earth, did have a little bit of a scare. Um, Toxic fumes started to fill the capsule and made one of the cosmonauts pass out. But that was that was it that he was okay, And so were the other two. So everyone got back safely. I thought he thought he was fucking dead. I would think so. Yeah. Or the other two probably did at least. Um, But so it while everyone got back safely, it was not a successful mission. They were not able to successfully board, dock and board the um, space station. 
That's so a, that's a giant waste of money too. Yeah, can you imagine? And it was like just on the heels of launching it. And so they're like, yay, we have the first space station ever. Now we just need people on board. And then this whole thing fell apart. But for the time being, it's just up there. It's just up there. But at least it's not space junk. We saved it from being space junk. So after the unsuccessful mission, they made tweaks to the spacecraft so that the whole docking debacle would not happen again. Obviously, they fixed it. And so uh, they began preparations for the next um, mission, the Soyuz 11. The call sign was Yantar, which will come up in a little bit. So another crew of three men were prepared for the mission, and the launch date was June 6th, 1971. Okay. On June 2nd, four days beforehand, and something that's also going to kind of remind you of Apollo 13, while going through the medical examinations required of the cosmonauts prior to launch, an x-ray showed that one of the crew members may have had tuberculosis. Ooh. So, per protocol, they pulled the whole crew. Mm-hmm. All three. And so they were swapped out for the backup crew. So the new crew members for the Soyuz 11... Okay. <coughs> Get ready for Russian names. Um, also, I did learn from our listeners that middle names are important in Russian, so okay. I'm going to give all three names. Yorgi Timofeyevich Dobrolovsky, a 43-year-old pilot and member of the Soviet Air Force who was the commander of the Soyuz 11. Vladislav Nikolaevich Volkov, a 35-year-old engineer who was the flight engineer on board. And 38-year-old Viktor Ivanovich Patsayev. Also an engineer who was the test engineer Very on good. board. Thank you. I did pretty good, <laughs> huh? Yes, you did. So Volkov had been a crew member on, I put Soyuz 11, but that's not correct. Well, it was, but <laughs> I think it was Soyuz 7 he had okay. been on board. He'd been on one of these missions previously. Uh, yes, not for the space station, mm-hmm. but just for the other air, similar spacecraft. So this was his second time in space, but it was the first time for Dobrolovsky and Petsayev. Okay. So. I mean, not that that was too unusual back then, because sure. there weren't many people so, who had been in space. It's 1971? So. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. There's literally a handful of people that can claim they've been there at all. Yep. Damn. Yeah. So on June 6, 1971, Soyuz 11 successfully launched from the Baikonur Cosmodrome, which is the world's first and still the world's largest operational space launch facility. It also sounds like the headquarters of Cobra in uh, in GI Joe. Baikonur Cosmodrome. The Cosmodrome. <laughs> Where was GI Joe always um, fighting commies or something? Well, I think Cobra represented the communists. Yes. <laughs> oh, was it like the the fake um, bad guys that? Yeah, GI well, they were, they were yeah. called they were called Cobra. Okay. That was the, that's who they were always fighting against. <laughs> Did they sell the bad guys, like, as figurines? Oh, hell yeah. They were Action the be- figures? Yeah, they were the best ones. <laughs> Generally. Because they were, like, the baddest ass yeah. looking ones. There's a dude that had a silver head. His name is, <laughs> his name is Destro. <laughs> oh. Shout out to anybody who gets any of these G.I. Joe references. It's I'm going way back. It's a specific demographic. <laughs> but, yes. Um... So, the, like I said, the Cosmodrome is still around, I think, anyway. It was, at the time, located in Central Kazakh Soviet Socialist Republic, but that's now Kazakhstan. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is south of Russia, north of Uzbekistan, and west of China. Sure. For, yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> the next day, uh, June, so they launched successfully on the 6th. June 7th, Soyuz 11 was able to properly dock with Salyut 1. So uh, they learned their lesson from uh, Soyuz 10, got the docking procedure down, and they were able to get on board. So obviously that was a big deal. This was the first time, first space station, first people boarding a space station here. Um, now, when they did board the space station, they discovered the atmosphere inside the Salyut was smoky and burnt because of a ventilation system malfunction. That's not good at all. They were able to fix it. Wow. They were able to fix... I mean, they had two engineers, so they did their job. Um, but they had to spend their first day back on the um, the Soyuz while the air cleared, basically. Sure. But then they were able to go back to the Salyut. So... Uh, the crew from, so the days were a little tricky to figure, but from what I can tell, the crew stayed on board of the Salyut for 22 days and were in space for 23 days. So that was a record time, like a space endurance record at the time. Sure. The longest single stretch of time that anyone had spent in space. Um, for reference, that record has since been shattered. <laughs> um, the record is currently held by Valerie po- Polyakov, who spent 437 days on the Mir space station in the mid-90s. Wow. So, yeah, that's like 14 months. Mm-hmm. So. That's a long... It's a long time. I bet he had to get used to gravity. Yeah, right? Yeah. Probably had some health issues attending to sure. it, too. Yeah. So during their mission, the crew was able to do live television broadcasts, which was also pretty new and cool and amazing for back then. Um, I imagine it was pretty novel, too. Um, But there were some incidents aboard the space station. Halfway through their stay on board, on the 11th day, a fire broke out. Um, They almost had to abandon ship. Yeah. Cut their stay short, but I guess they were able to extinguish it or something because they stayed on board for another 11 days. So Just about anything that goes wrong in space, even today. Horribly frightening. Especially back then, like mm-hmm. basically you're dead. Yeah. I mean, really. Yeah. And this is what, like the third thing that they've avoided? The second thing, at least? The, initially, they yeah, had the, the smoky, the smoky uh, atmosphere. Like, yeah. yeah, we'll fix that. Yeah, there was and obviously then, a fire problem on board somehow. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, the crew coming back, the, the mission before this, that's what I was thinking of. Oh, okay, yeah. They had to deal with a smoky. Uh, no, you were right. The first, like, the Soyuz 11, mm-hmm. when they first got there, yeah. But the previous mission, though, when they were coming back... Oh, they had they toxic had, fumes. Yes, yes, so. yes, you're right about that. Yeah, there's a lot of atmosphere problems here, yeah. Um, the crew was also supposed to have observed a rocket launch from the space station, so, like, seeing it from space. Okay. Which would be pretty cool. But the launch was delayed, so they didn't get to see that. And then the Salyut also had a treadmill on board that they were supposed to use twice a day for exercise. I mean, these are early days of spending that Mm -hmm. long in space. So they were still very shaky on what it would do to the human body. Yeah. Um... But when they went and, to... And you, you're going to want them just for their muscles right, to not exactly, you know, exactly. atrophy. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to do yep. yeah, there's a something whole to avoid that. Yeah. Um, but when they went to use the treadmill, uh, they discovered it made the whole ship vibrate. <laughs> 
So that was a bit of a yeah. No plus, we're ta- plus we're talking about a treadmill in 1971, <laughs> yeah. a Russian one at yeah, that. Russian they, treadmill. They weren't going to Sears to get it. That could be a, that. Is that a good band name? Russian treadmill. I think so. <laughs> I think that works. <laughs> or um, or a roller derby nickname, the Russian treadmill. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'll so, go. I'll go with a band name. Okay. So in spite of these hiccups, the mission was otherwise pretty successful. These hiccups, like uh, <laughs> vapors and fires and shit in space, like that, that would be catastrophic on Earth, like if that's what was happening at your job. True. And, but yeah. Anything that's not killing you is, f- uh, is a hiccup in space. The, the fucking... We'll get the, into the, the nerve of people yeah. who are able to do stuff like that. Yeah, crazy. We'll definitely talk about that in a bit. So, as planned, they packed it in on June 29th, 1971, transferred all their logbooks, records, etc., back to the Soyuz 11. Um, and at 9.28 p.m., pretty sure that was Moscow time, the Soyuz 11 undocked from the Salyut 1. The ship completed three additional Earth orbits think uh, from what I could tell that was normal and planned like they were supposed to um they didn't just like drop down well, like they they, 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 they were still have, in the orbit of earth and they had to have a certain window of right of where, like, where yes. and when to land when yes, everything exactly. lines up kind mm-hmm. of yeah yep yeah it's not like they just fall out of space and like oh no. we're just gonna go back home right no you could literally wind up on the other side of the yes, earth you could <laughs> yep so after that, they, which was just a few hours, like they literally orbited Earth three times in like four hours. <laughs> and just like imagine the cut. Co- what? Uh, this is, this shit's crazy. I know. I know. What, I almost the, feel like the. What are you the, talking about? Like, I almost feel like the Earth orbiting stuff is crazier than the way outer space stuff. See, I think that would be the fun part. Because that's pretty much like. The Earth orbiting? Or yeah, the, oh, yeah, I think that would be almost No, that's like what a, I'm saying. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just amazing that they're just, just around like, and around and around and around. You're just like, that's... That's Earth down there. Like, that's, that where I, that's where I live. Yeah. And um, I, it was somewhere in the research, but they literally orbited in the space station. They orbited the Earth thousands oh, of I'm sure. times of in that 22 days. Yeah. yeah. So after those little spins around the Earth, um, they notified Mission Control that they were getting ready for re-entry. Mission Control radioed back, goodbye, Yantar. Remember, that was their call sign. Uh, Till we see you soon on Mother Earth, which sounds like a very Russian thing to say. <laughs> uh, Commander Dobrovsky, Dobrovsky <laughs> replied, quote, thank you, be seeing you, end quote. We know why I'm quoting him, right? Yeah. Um, at 1.35 a.m. Of course it came out, thank you, be seeing you. No, it came out in Russian. I know. <laughs> Spresiva, I think, is thank is you in Russian. Spresiva? Spresiva, I don't know what Did you learn that is. from playing Hitman? I learned that from Sex and the City. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was dating Alexander Petrovsky and asked her, the woman who um, did her waxing, who was Russian, how to say thank you. Or maybe it was please. I don't know. She learned how to say spresiva. Anyway. Um, at 1.35 a.m. to a tragedy. <laughs> on June 30th, 1971, <coughs> the rockets fired automatically per procedure for seven minutes during reentry, and the parachutes deployed 
on the landing module, again, per procedure. Um, and at 2.16 a.m. Moscow time, the Soyuz touched down. So the spacecraft landed near modern-day Karazal, Kazakhstan, which is basically like central Kazakhstan. Okay. Recovery crews in helicopters found the Soyuz 11, where it landed, in the exact condition they expected to find it. It was on its side, but that wasn't particularly concerning. Obviously, you can't, like, <laughs> this thing is coming down in a parachute. It might land on its side. Um, Hopefully, it's built to withstand the impact. Right, right. They knocked on the side of the capsule, but there was no response. So they opened the hatch, and inside... They found all three crew members motionless. They had dark blue patches of skin on their faces, and oh. blood was coming out of their nose and oh, ears. Jesus. They noticed at least one of the cosmonauts was warm, so they removed them all from the spacecraft, which was actually pretty difficult because it was laying on its side, so they had to kind of get them out like from weird positions. And plus, all these people are dead weight, too. Trying to do that. Yeah. Um, they administered CPR to all three men. Um, years later, or at least a few years later, the uh, USSR declassified film of this. And you can, and I did, um, on YouTube see them administering CPR to these, oh, okay. these three cosmonauts. Yeah, I think I'm going to skip that. It, yeah, it's a bit jarring. Um Protocol for communicating back to mission control on the condition of the cosmonauts was to rate their individual health on a scale um, of one to five. Five was obviously the best, meaning they're in great health. Four, that they had been injured, but not seriously. Three, that they had been seriously injured. Two, that they it was a potential fatal, potentially fatal injury. And one, that they were dead. The report came back to How mission control. How are they going to report one, though, if they're dead? That's exactly they They reported... No, that's what they see. I, I, what, how is that funny? I don't get it. I was just, I was thinking, I was thinking you were saying the person has to report. No, the, okay. the, the people who the agency. Them. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so the recovery crew reported back to Moscow um, of 111, meaning all mm. three cosmonauts were dead. The crew received a state funeral with open caskets and thousands of mourners. And uh, we do have pictures of them in their caskets. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, their bodies appeared normal, except for Patsayev, who had a large dark blue mark on his cheek that looked like a big bruise. Hmm. They were buried in the Kremlin Wall Necropolis at Red Square in Moscow. Uh, U.S. President Richard Nixon sent his condolences to the USSR along with U.S. astronaut Tom Stafford, the commander of Apollo 10, to represent the U.S. as a pallbearer Paul Bearer in the funeral. That's interesting. So it was really well okay. because, in spite of the space race, like their technology had benefited each other too. So it was kind of like a moment Still, of we uh, are. We are- Thick in the Cold War still at this point, but that should show a, like what yeah. how big of a deal this kind of was. Yeah, this this did not happen often. Um, oh, I'm where sure people in the space program died, obviously, yeah. you know. And we'll get a little bit more into the significance of this in the last sentence of this story. Okay. Okay. So, obviously, the million dollar question was what happened to these guys. Everything seemed normal. Uh, all the reentry stuff happened as normal. 
they, they landed fine. Everything seemed safe. But these guys were, like, turning blue and bleeding from their noses. So what happened? Um, it didn't take long for doctors to determine that all three men had died of asphyxiation. Oh, yeah. Now, what was a mystery for a bit and the subject of much speculation was why how? and how they yeah. asphyxiated. Now, Because I was thinking smoke, but if that was the thing, then they would... Well. So the initial theories included that like there was some sort of poisoning, like a toxic substance similar to the, the Soyuz 10 had gotten in or happened and, and then... Uh, that that killed them. Another theory, because this was really early days of, and this was a space endurance record, um, and this was really early days of space travel, and no one had been in space for that long. Some doctors specifically thought that, it, like the human body, couldn't stand the psychological or physiological stress of being in space for that long. Okay, and they thought that they maybe just died from cardiac arrest. Like, basically, their heart muscle got atrophied, and then they ended up dying that way. On July 12th, 1971, so like a month later, there was a month of nobody knows anything, the Special State Commission in the USSR investigating the tragedy released a very short and non-revealing statement, <laughs> not a big shock, yeah. that said, quote, on the ship's descent trajectory 30 minutes before landing, there occurred a rapid drop of pressure within the descent vehicle, which led to the sudden deaths of the cosmonauts. The drop in pressure resulted from a loss of the ship's ceiling, and that's S-E-A-L-I-N-G. Mm-hmm. Uh, an inspection of the descent vehicle <clears throat> showed that there are no failures in its structure, end quote. So that's kind of not, I mean, okay, so they died from depressurization, but... Nothing's wrong with the, like, yeah, what happened. How did they get depressurized? So, obviously, this was Soviet Russia, um, which we've dealt with it before in our disasters. That they're not terribly I, forthcoming I with think information. we've dealt with them. This is, might be, like, Several a third, time. third or fourth Doubt time. Pass. Um, I feel, feel like there's, yeah, there's been a couple others. Of the, the flight where the, the kid wound up. Kid in the cockpit, yeah. Yes, that, mm-hmm. was, that was Russia. Yeah, there, a lot of things happened in Cold War Russia. Mm-hmm. Um... So, information obviously was not generally forthcoming from that area of the world during the Cold War era, which era, which might like explain that very brief statement and not too terribly enlightening. And it wasn't until 1973 that they finally gave a full-on explanation. So, here's what's revealed to have actually gone down based on flight recorders and data gleaned from the spacecraft. For a hint, I'm going to show you the three cosmonauts on board. Do you notice anything about these guys? They're in space. And oh, this wow. is how they're dressed all the time. Okay. What's missing? Uh, they don't have any uh, masks. No space suits, right? Yeah. yeah. That was a big... That's... That, that, was pro, that was normal back then. Wow. But it wasn't going to be normal for long. No. Because let's get into this. Uh, yeah. You... <laughs> it's basically the version of like what the... what. Um, football players used to look like with like it leather does, helmets. Yeah. That's all they're wearing. <laughs> yeah, and, and like cloth suits, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're not wearing spacesuits. Jesus. Yeah. So. The fucking balls on these guys. Holy shit. So here's what happened there was a breathing ventilation valve between the orbital or service module and the descent module of Soyuz 11. So 
quick sidebar, as we probably recall from Apollo 13, (laughs) um, spacecraft have different parts that all go up in space together, but they come apart on descent or Mm -hmm. remember when they jettisoned the whatever, whatever in Apollo 13 and they said goodbye to it Mm -hmm. because it meant they couldn't land on the the lunar module. Yes. They jettisoned the lunar module. Yeah. Um, So the orbital or service module of the Soyuz was obviously the the part that like propelled the orbit. Um, But then the descent module was obviously for reentry to descend back to Earth. So the idea was upon reentry, the um, the orbit or service module got jettisoned, became space junk, right? And then the um, the descent module was what they found with the three cosmonauts in it. So 12 minutes and three seconds after... Oh, I think I missed something. Okay. So in order to do that, in order to separate the service module from the um, descent module, it was like... Um, Controlled explosions, basically, sure. like like a, a jettison, controlled jettison. Um, it was a, a rocket fire to initiate entry first. So there was an automatic. Um, inc- uh, I'm, I'm terrible at this because I. I not a scientist. Um, <laughs> I'm certainly not a rocket scientist. Good God! So, like. Upon reentry protocol, these rockets went off so that it would start propelling them back to Earth. And then, like, 12 minutes after, um, the descent module separated from the service module. Okay. So, okay. So 12 minutes, 3 seconds after is when that happened. Now, the two modules were held together with two pyrotechnic fasteners, which are bolts that have explosive charges embedded in them, which means that they could be exploded remotely so that that would release the modules. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Now, these were supposed to explode one at a time. So first one would go, and then the other would go. Um, But somehow, they ended up exploding simultaneously, which was not supposed to happen. Now, because that did happen, that was a pretty significant force and that jolted open this ventilation valve at an altitude of 168 kilometers, or 551,000 feet. Wow. Now, this breathing ventilation valve is what regulated the cabin pressure. Oh, yeah. So immediately, cabin pressure started just plummeting. So now the valve itself was located under the seats of the cosmonauts. And judging from the position of their bodies, it looks like Petsayev and Dobrovolsky were attempting to, like, find that valve and close it or block it. Um, but they were unable to do so before they passed out. Uh, none of the cosmonauts, as we can see, were wearing spacesuits, which was normal at this point. Um, but was also highly unfortunate because one of the reasons that people wear space shoots, space shoots, space suits, <laughs> space suits yes. is in case of pre- depressurization. depressurization. Exactly. It keeps their individual pressure mm-hmm. proper. Right. Um, but they weren't. So space suits could have saved their lives. Just, I mean, looking at this picture, I mean, they're just up there. They're, yeah. They're in outer space. Just hanging just out. Hanging out just yeah. wearing that. Yeah. Like, like wearing coveralls. Yeah. And little, essentially. little helmet, like cloth helmets. 
Yeah. That's that's fucking I know. crazy. They're not even I wearing know. gloves. No, no, they're not. Um, so if they had been wearing spacesuits, they would have lived, most likely. Um, now, they div- did have biomedical sensors on them, like tracking their mm. heart rate and stuff. Um, and that showed that within 110 seconds of the loss of cabin pressure, none of them had a pulse. Sure. Uh, 15 minutes and 35 seconds after the automatic rocket fire to initiate re-entry, the cabin pressure was literally zero. Mm. It just completely depressurized. The bodies were autopsied, and the exact cause of death was hemorrhaging of the blood vessels of the brain. The cosmonauts had been exposed, this is is the worst part, to a vacuum environment during the loss of cabin pressure, which caused the hemorrhaging, also bleeding under their skin, in their nose and inner ears. It also caused the oxygen and nitrogen in their blood to bubble and rupture blood vessels. It is possible they remained conscious for up to a minute after the loss of cabin pressure, but after about 13 seconds, they would have been literally unable to physically function. So there was unfortunately... fucking horrible way to go. Unfortunately, I mean, it was short, but there was potentially like 45 seconds or so where they were dying and they were conscious. Yeah. Where they were just hoping, like, did I end it now? Well, Please. Well, for the first few seconds, they were trying right. while they could still move, and then they couldn't move anymore, and that was that. And then that's when they were like, can we just get this over with? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So in the two years between the death... Remember, this all came out in 1973. Sure. There was two years mm. before this became declassified. So in the two I'm years... I'm surprised it ever did. I know, right? And so quick, And really. this time. Yeah. You know... In the two years between the deaths of the cosmonauts and the reveal of what exactly happened to them, there was a fair amount of trepidation in the rest of the world, space traveling community, um, because remember, some of them thought it was possible they just died because of the length of time in space. And NASA was getting ready to open the Skylab, their own space station, in 1973. Um, and so health concerns were kind of a major thing at that point. Uh, the Soyuz spacecraft was subsequent redesigned so that it would only carry two cosmonauts, which left room for them to wear spacesuits. <laughs> and it became protocol from then on that, yeah, anytime there's the potential of depressurization, these guys need to be wearing fucking spacesuits. So that at least came from it. I mean, that, that picture, it, I it's, know. it's fucking crazy. There are... Yeah, it looks like they're hanging out like at a bar. Yeah, and they're in yeah. fucking they're in outer they space. Like old timey football players, yeah. like with the leather they head do. And sort of thing. It's yeah, also just like they're like yeah, yeah. They're what just chilling up in space. They're up here in space. That's the best Russian accent mm-hmm. I can do. Very good. Yes, thank you. Um, or uh, I can't remember the word anymore. Spretsiva. Spretsiva. <laughs> That's pretty good. There you go. Like that. Duh. <laughs> that means yes. <laughs> I do know that. Very good. Thank you. It was also revealed that the idea that a tragedy like this could happen was actually on someone's radar. Specifically, cosmonaut Alexei Leonov, one of the original members, crew members of the Soyuz 11 who got grounded after the tuberculosis scare, um, he wrote a memoir called Two Sides of the Moon, Our Story of the Cold War Race, with American astronaut David Scott, which was 
published in 2004. Interesting. In the book, Leonov said, as he was training on the Soyuz, um, like the simulators and everything, that he had concerns about the air vents between the, the modules and warned the second crew of the Soyuz about that. He specifically said um, that they should shut them manually and not rely on the automatic system. But this was outside of normal procedures. The the way they were trained was that, no, everything's taken care of automatically. It was just that Leonov thought that this could be uh, an issue. Sure. And lo and And behold, it was. Jeez, what do you know it turns out to be? And he told them, um, but that didn't end up happening. I'm not saying it was their fault, obviously. Just, um, anyway. So, here's the, the la- are you ready for the, the last couple sentences here? Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> that was Demetrius. He yes. just had to say hello. Um, at present, 18 astronauts and cosmonauts have died during space flight. However, Dobrovolsky, Volkov, and Patsayev remain to this day the only three human beings to have ever died in outer space. Everyone really? else died on descent or... Um, so they were all in the Earth's atmosphere. Sure. They were the only three people who died in outer space. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? In the worst way possible, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. What the... I know. And that reminds me of gravity because George Clooney died in space and gravity, but that's never happened. It's just these three guys. Wow. Okay. And that is the story of the Soyuz 11 and the only three human beings to have died in outer space. That's crazy. Hmm. It's pretty interesting, huh? And horrible. But still... uh, I just don't... I I can't believe that... But the more I think about it, like, yeah. The it's always on, t- on liftoff or landings, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. In spite of the imagery we get of outer space. Exactly. Like, oh, on, somebody must have gotten loose on a spacewalk sort of a thing. No, no it's no never one, happened. No. No one on any space station has ever died on the space station. Like, these are the only people. These three guys in their, their little caps are the only three people to have died in out m- thousands of miles. Outside of, away from home. That's crazy. Or hundreds, at least, miles away from the earth. Hmm. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, it's weird, I, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, Challenger, for yeah. sure, when it was going up, I watched it when it happened. Columbia was on the descent. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's always, co- like, like same with planes, right? To lift uh, Takeoffs and landings are the most dangerous yeah, times. Yeah, they are. Same idea. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. Apollo 13 was a very close call. Yes, it was. That would make for a good miracle set. Yeah, but everybody knows that one. Well, everybody knows the Tom Hanks version of it. It's funny because when you mentioned Apollo, when, or, yes, when yeah. we started talking about it again, mm-hmm. uh, Apollo 13, I believe, ha- also happened in 1971. I thought maybe it was 70. It might have been, because it was the third mission. I think it may have been 70. 70 or 71, okay. Because, um... His daughter was upset that the Beatles broke up, and I think they that broke was up 1970? in 1970. Okay. The movie came out in 1995. 25 years later. Which was 25 years in between. That was almost 25 years It's ago. also been <laughs> since almost 25 years 
about the movie of an event that happened 25, 25 years, years before it. We're almost as removed We're from almost. Apollo 13 as Apollo 13 was was removed from, from reality. Yes, from the event it was covering, which means that that event was almost 50 years ago. Which means that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I clearly remember Apollo 13. That was a good movie. That was a huge movie. That's when I mean, that's when Tom Hanks was on a on a roll. Mm-hmm. Like every movie he was coming out with at that time was this huge. The Forrest Gump era mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I, thought- I could like Apollo thirteen is one of those movies that like if you stumble across it and it's on, I just start watching it. My favorite part is when they have to all go in the room together at Mission Control and they're like, here's the stuff they've got aboard the spaceship. Get them home with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's clearly pretty like fictionalized, I would imagine, at least yeah. like in that manner. At the same time, I'm like, oh, how cool would it have been to be like, yeah, we can figure it out. And then they're like hauling that janky looking thing down the hallway mm-hmm. trying to explain how they can do it. And it's a, it's a very fun movie, but super dramatic, obviously. But anyway, that's for our um, all bad movies, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> all right, so that's all I got. That was the Soyuz 11. That was sad. Yeah. At least we had more laughs during it. We had more, but... Sidebars. Man, but that's, yeah. that's still... Like, I, I still find a... Um, well, I... I <laughs> First of all, I think that astronauts and cosmonauts, what have you, are um, some of the bravest people. The idea of being hurled into space, like, what the fuck? Plus everything you have to know. All these people are engineers, doctors, stuff like that. We've been over that on, like, Columbia. Like, Like, smart, 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 smart people. To be an astronaut, you essentially almost have to be... A rocket scientist. Like, you are... No, no, no. You have to be, like, the perfect human being. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because you have to be physically in shape. You certainly have to be mentally in shape, I would think, more so than anything. Yeah, and incredibly um, intelligent. Yeah. Like, you have to be able to problem like, solve. You if, if a fire starts in space, how do I put it out? And, yeah, yeah that's... That, these guys are crazy. And my stepdad knew an astronaut. Yeah. Which, <laughs> you have which, mentioned which, that. Which I have... I've Easter egged before. I, I shall do it again. We'll, we will do that episode of the person he may or may not know. Oh. He does know. Okay. Um, in the future. But, and then I find a lot, like, with all our space disasters, I find a lot of honor in those deaths. Because yes. they, like, clearly they are doing this to advance mankind's mm-hmm. knowledge of the universe and space. And, and I'm sure for them that's part of their goal. Of course, they're yeah. Like, they're like, it's a very honorable, like, noble thing. I think to a degree they're doing it for themselves to see if they can do it. And then the other, like, it's like 40, 60. And the other 60% is like, holy fuck, I'm like one of the... How many people can claim right? that they've done mm-hmm. what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. 10? No, it's 12, more than that. Well, at this time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's... And they're just like in, yeah... Like, like, you wear more protective gear running than these guys have on. Yes, and you're, and right. And they're, and they're <laughs> you're in, right. They're in fucking outer space. Like, that's the crazy thing. Yep. Yep. So, yep, that was the story of the Soyuz 11. Wow. <laughs> yeah, even Demetrius is and impressed. Yes. He's been what? very clingy. Yes, he has been. Very clingy. You want to say hello, buddy? Oh, he already has. Twice. Well, and of course, he's not going to speak on command. No. Demetrius. 
Well, now it's <laughs> now that it's devolved into <laughs> us a, talking a, to ador- our cat. adorable cat episode. <laughs> this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. Know your exits. See you. No, see Look. you next week. You say. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Should we try that again? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. This has been another episode <laughs> of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week. And know your exits. There oh, we there's go. not too many exits from space. There aren't. <laughs> Just one. Yeah, a very small one. <laughs>